This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, March 4th, and that means this is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups podcast. As always, we will have some notable waiver wire names to consider at the end of the week, into the weekend, and on into next week. We'll also try to get to a few of your questions later on, those of you watching with us live. To do all of this, I'm joined by Jonas Nader and Steve Alexander. Fellas, I think we got to start things off. There's only one place to start this episode today, and that is with the obligatory Pirtle update. We know Steve Alexander is playing Pirtle. I'm now playing Pirtle. My, my life has changed forever. Jonas, are you a Pirtle guy? No, I didn't even know about it until like two days ago when I saw all these people. I was like, are they are they trolling? What's going on? Why is, where, where are all these Pirtle fans coming from? <laughs> and then I actually looked into it. I was like, oh, it's an NBA player name guessing game. So I guess I got to download it. Yeah. It's, you don't even have to download it. You just go to a, right. I, by the way, I sound like I'm, I'm selling this to you. I, I'm getting, I'm under no incentive here to, to show you don't even have to download it. There's no app required. You just, it's, it's, uh, I'm just playing on the phone web browser. I will say though, this has sparked a great debate. I've got a few friends who I passed this along to who didn't know about it. They've all started playing. It's gotten a little bit competitive because, you know, you send your results around and, uh, there's been a bit of a debate. One of my friends is has planted his flag that playing with the silhouette, with the player silhouette, is more of a show of skill than not. And now, for anyone who doesn't know, this is a player guessing game where you can kind of activate a player silhouette to help you guess the player if you're struggling. That's literally what the game says. And this friend of mine is insisting that the silhouette makes it more skillful because you're not just randomly... Why am I even indulging this? I hope that's not I love monorails because that logic no. makes no sense. Like like my no, friends it's dog not, it's me. Not your buddy. Like my friends dog me if they see the word silhouette on mine. Like right. oh you had the oh oh you had to use the silhouette. What a you know, what a what a blank you are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. Fine. We're on the same page here. I don't I don't know that we need to to spend any more time on this. Jonas, I do think you gotta get into this though. Can we get a commitment from you today that you're going to play? Yeah, I mean, I'll try it. By the way, is my mic? I guess plugged in. Is it is it working fine? <laughs> I love the mic check. Two and a half minutes into the episode. Well, I had it here and it wasn't plugged in. Like, wait, uh, am I using my Mac? Audio? Yeah, no, so I think you're good. My bad. I think you're good. I I'm a little less certain that you're going to be able to figure out how to play Pirtle based on that moment that just happened. But yeah, I'll check. I'll check it out. I'll give it a shot. How crazy is it for Jakob Pirtle? Oh, man. That he he's gone from being an NBA player that no one really, most people didn't really know who he was. The average NBA fan may have heard of him, but you know, oh for sure, he had to be pretty hardcore to be a Pirtle guy. And now every time you turn around, everybody's talking about Pirtle, and I, I just wonder what this is going to do to the poor man's life. Dude, he's turned into Marcus All on the court too. He's been awesome. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what a year for him because he's actually been playing out of his mind as well. So anyways, moving on from that, we got a lot of waiver wire names to talk about here. And what a glorious day it is for Steve Alexander because 
His guy Poku is at the very top of the list that Jonas sent around today for us to talk about. However, I would say perhaps bittersweet, Steve, and normally we hear from you first on these players, Jonas, but I'm going to throw to Steve first here because Steve Poku missed his deadline, I think, to have the monster game you were predicting, the the 27.10 rebound game that you you stood here and said, I stake my entire reputation on this happening before March 3rd. It didn't happen, so I'm sorry to hear it. I think you said, I think you staked my entire entire reputation on it. I just went along for the ride. We don't have any way to know, Steve. There's no archive of this, so uh, I will just have to agree to disagree. Can I defend Steve real quick? Just a real quick five seconds. Poku did have two steals and two blocks that game, and that's more valuable than scoring 27 points. So Steve was right all along. Okay, you sound like my friend saying that the silhouette is a harder way to play Pirtle, Jonas. I think he had like 40 FanDuel points in that game. But, you know, uh, the thing about Pirtle... I, he he had some big games. He's he, there's Steve, still time. Steve, you know you just said the thing about Pirtle, right? Oh my God, I knew I knew I did something wrong. <laughs> we've created a new glitch in Steve's brain. We already had the Chris Bosch, Chris Boucher. Now we've what messed up this wire. This wire is crossed, and now he's going to call Poku Pirtle for eternity. I've told Ryan I cannot stay up all night and write the dose and be expected to perform <laughs> at noon the next day on a live podcast. I've made this abundantly clear. And it's obvious in my confusion between Poku and Pirtle. You watch, I'm going to call, uh, next time I'm going to call Poku Pokemon. <laughs> but my thing is, like, I was on my pod with Rod. <laughs> Rod. <laughs> Rod Johnson and I were talking yesterday Stop. about Stop. about Pirtle. <laughs> no, I was on, on my podcast with Roth yesterday. And I told him, I go, you know, I made this ridiculous prediction about Pokushevsky being able to score 27 points with 10 rebounds. And I am i should have never said that because I don't think he even – I don't even think that's possible for him to do. He came about as close as he could to it the other day, though, and he's played well for two or three weeks in a row. People are picking him up. His best games are yet to come because the Poku silly season is just starting. So I'm still pretty jacked about Poku. Poku actually did exactly what you predicted in the season finale last year. So he had that monster game during the silly season too. And last five games, he's at 11 points, 7.5 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 1.2 blocks, 0.8 steals, and 1.2 triples. Uh, so really intriguing. Uh, and before the last game, before Poku got a start, Coach Mark, I don't know how to Dagnall. say his last name, Dejaniel. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he was like, he was, <laughs> he was going in on Poku. He was like extremely high on him. He was like, we have a set plan for Poku. We are extremely high in him. We have a, a plan for him to reach his potential. So they are really talking him up. And when you look at their front court, they have nothing, right? They're playing Isaiah Roby 30 minutes, for God's sake. So the upside for him in the future is just enormous. Um, and we're starting to see it. Yes, he's as coordinated as a baby giraffe, but man, he's just a lot of fun, can do everything on the stat sheet. Uh, I've added him everywhere, and I think he's going to be a monster down the stretch. Jonas, I was laughing because I, I appreciate the fact you're like, I don't really know how to say this guy's name instead of just going with it and throwing it out there. Because on on this Round Balls 2 podcast, we hear some interesting uh, pronunciations of players' names, and I'm sure I'm guilty just as much as anyone. But the other thing about Pokashevsky is coaches like, I want to see this kid dive on the floor and put some effort into it and go all out. And if you watch him play, man, he's diving on the floor a lot and and trying to make – um, trying to make as many plays as he can. He's just hustling out there. And yes, 
coordinated as a baby giraffe. Given some of the name snafus we've already had on this episode, I think Jonas calling him Coach Mark is totally acceptable. I, I will, I'm, I'm good with that. I think we can all accept that. And by the way, Poku had that 9.11 rebound, three assists, two steal, two block, one triple game on Wednesday, 23% roster. And the thing we've talked about, I think last week or the week before, recently anyways, the percentages have gotten solid. And that was always kind of the fear with Poku was, sure, he can get you counting stats when he's playing, but he's going to crush your percentages. Well, not so much anymore. Last nine games, 47.6 from the floor, 80 from the line. Yeah, he's one of those guys that would pull up from half court if he was allowed to. <laughs> like, he's just he's just a gunner, man. I love it. Uh, also in Oklahoma City, Isaiah Roby, Jonas, has seriously trended upward as well and I think is uh, creeping toward you must add status here. Yeah, before he had that Wilt Chamberlain impersonation, uh, I think two nights yeah. ago, he was about a ninth round value in like 26 minutes too. So I wasn't rushing to add him because it's Isaiah Roby at the end of the day, right? We saw him last year. He was just, when he got a full workload, he was basically a late rounder. So what we saw, I think it was one Wednesday. or two nights ago, isn't going to be the reality going forward, right? Um, so I, I expect somewhere in the middle of that, I'm thinking maybe 10 points, eight rebounds, a block, maybe an assist or two, half a steal. So basically what you'd expect from our, our friend Maxi Kleber is what you're going to get from wow. Isaiah Roby. What do you think, Tough. Doc? I've got a little more faith in Roby. He balled out that game, man. He blocked Jokic's shot twice. And I mean, that, that game came against Jokic, which I think is pretty impressive. And the fact that the Thunder won that game is mind-blowing. But mm-hmm. uh, I have a little more faith in Roby than you do, Jonas. Uh, I'm not racing to pick him up. If they played four times next week, I would. But old Poku and Roby only have three games next week. So that might give you an opportunity to sit and watch Roby for a couple more games before you think about it. I, I'm I'm hanging on to Poku either way. I, I don't care how many games he plays. I'm just glad they stopped playing Derek Favors, man. Like, what, what was the deal there? Why were they playing Favors so much? That stopped finally. I remember going back to the offseason or right before this season, I was intrigued by Roby for that very reason. The depth chart was so thin there at center, and it's taken this long. I mean, hopefully this is here to stay. But on Wednesday, as you said, that game that we may not see too often, but the game that has boosted his value recently, 26 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, 4 three-pointers. Again, the guy's 20% roster. So definitely a worthwhile flyer, all things considered. There's also this... um this dude that plays for the Thunder, Vit Krechi. Yeah. This guy is suddenly getting tons of run. And I don't, he's not a waiver wire pickup yet. There's a reason he's not on Genesis' list. But I'm telling you, man, he's got silly season superstar written all over him. I, I could see us talking about him 10 days from now. I've got him in a FanDuel lineup for tonight, Steve. 3,500 on FanDuel. Oh, baby. I <laughs> yeah. like it. Yeah. All right, so ever since we told one listener it was okay to cut this guy last Friday, Jalen Smith has been on a nice run for the Pacers lately. Jonas, you want to throw some stats at us on Jalen Smith? Did we say to cut him? I don't think we... I think we just ranked him like third or fourth or something like that. We didn't say to cut him. Well, we... Yeah, it was a choice of like, which of these guys would you cut? And I think we did... We didn't just outright say in a vacuum, cut Jalen Smith. We said... If you got to cut one guy on this list, right. I guess it's probably him first. And right after that, he's had like four solid games in a row. Yeah. What's really helped Jalen is foul trouble for Isaiah Jackson. Isaiah Jackson has turned into Mitchell Robinson in that regard, has just been, yeah, he's picked up two fouls in the first six minutes of his last two games. So that's unfortunate for him. But even if Isaiah Jackson plays full workloads, they're using Jalen Smith at the four and the five, too. So kind of like a Jackson Hay situation here where he's getting minutes at both. 
But this is this is the interesting thing about the Pacers. Jalen Smith has pretty much played his way off the team because because the Pacers traded for Jalen. Remember, uh-huh. Phoenix declined their option, so they can only offer him like I think it's like the mid level, it's like five million bucks in the summer. So Jalen Smith has played so well that he's played his way out of Indiana this summer too. So that's an interesting dynamic to watch. Do they pull him back now because he's playing so well, and so they can keep him? It's it's a weird dynamic they have there, but it's just hilarious to me. But anyway. Six round value for him in his last four games, 14.3 points, 10 rebounds, yep. one dime, 0.5 blocks, which should go up, and then two triples. So Jalen Smith looks like the total package. You should add him immediately, 28% rostered. Um, yeah, so he's just been awesome lately. Uh, Matt, somebody said to me on Twitter they were going to start taking their fantasy advice from monorails instead of me. And I wonder... I wonder if that was the gentleman that we told to cut Jalen Smith that, that said that. Yeah. Or it was monorail's burner account potentially. That's a possibility too. Look, I love everything about Jalen Smith right now, except for the schedule. The Pacers have possibly the worst one out there. There are no two gamers in it, but they go three, three, three over the next three weeks and then finish up uh, the final week with a three. So you're not going to get a four gamers out of Isaiah Jackson or, the gentleman Jalen we're talking about, but uh, you <laughs> you will get you will get three games, Mr. Smith, three games yeah. out of Mr. Smith and company. And I mean that's a bummer. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that you had to ruin the fun there, Steve, with the schedule reality. But I will say that aside, I'm I'm excited about Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson. I'm hoping you're right, Jalen. Uh, <laughs> Dude, what's with our names today, man? We're all so tired. This is like peak week twenty one, man. Do you guys remember that picture of John Wall like three years ago at the summer league where he's just like, he, he looks like he's cooked. That's what I feel like this morning, man. I'm just so tired. Yeah. I mean, Steve's internet just, <laughs> Steve literally in the middle of that, his internet just crapped out. Steve's gone. He's fired on the spot. <laughs> this is like um, Inception when he's like 10 levels down and everything's crumbling. Like yeah. that's what's happening to this podcast right now. Uh, I guess we'll add Steve back. Steve, you need to take a minute. Now he's ready. Steve. We're literally talking about how everything's falling apart. I called Jonas Jalen, and then your internet crapped out. I mean, good Lord. Yeah, it did. And the thing I'm really mad about is it, re- it restarted the questions, and the, like I had three beautiful questions lined they're up. They're gone? And they're gone. Oh, man. I guess uh, if, you had written, if you had written a beautiful question and you're watching live, feel free to repost that beautiful question, and maybe we'll get it in. Well, Matt, they're like the first – Three out of four that were in the in your queue, so you might just have to load them. All right, all right. Anyways, it's a policy that though that I don't click in that section, Steve. So maybe we'll have Jonas do it today. Jalen Smith. I was just just to close the book on this long chapter here. I hope you're right, Jonas, about the blocks because that to me is the only thing kind of holding him back, other than the schedule buzz kill factor for sure. All right, your list, Jonas said KCP again, KCP comma again. Yeah. So. Anything any, you want to just give us kind of the quick KCP snapshot? Because I think he's almost 40% rostered in Yahoo. Yeah, he's almost 40% rostered, which is absurd to me. I feel like he should be closer to almost 100%, honestly, because of the way he's played, especially in a category league. We're talking a six-round value and nine cat for the past eight games. So this is no secret. 16 points, 2.9 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 2.4 triples. His competition is Tomas Sadoransky, Ish Smith, Raul Neto. Corey Kispert, like, come on. The, the sky's going to ball out the rest of the season. Assuming the Wizards want that play-in spot. I mean, they have it on their locker room. Play-in spot. This is ours, boys. We're going to take it this year. So, 
I'm really excited about KCP. He's he's the face of the franchise now, so he's going to get it done. I wonder what the Lakers have written on their bulletin board. How many more days left? How many? What's like a countdown of days left in the season? They've got a Cancun or bust <laughs> written there. Maybe they've got, but hope maybe a play in lock. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, uh, KCP, man. Washington goes three times this week, but then they're four four games a week all the rest of the way. So you pick up KCP, you might be able to pick him up next week. Like maybe let him let him ride for this three gamer and then get him in the like midweek. But he may be gone. But that schedule for Washington gets real nice. And like you said, KCP's competition for scoring in Washington is really really gloomy. Even though I love Corey Kispert. Until Przingis gets his knee transplant surgery, it's going to be all KCP. By the way, Kispert, only 7% rostered. Last nine games, he's sitting around 12 points, four rebounds, two assists, almost a steal, 0.6 blocks, two threes, and 32 minutes. So go look for that guy as well if you miss out on KCP. I love I love Kispert, but I don't have him anywhere. Just saying. Got it. Got it. Jonas, over the years, uh, some of us have been, I would say, a bit apprehensive about rostering Matisse Thibel, mainly just because the guy can't score, right? We love this, the defensive stats, but the points, rebounds, assists leave a lot to be desired. It's been a little better lately, so what are your observations on him? Yeah, even Joel Embiid mentioned, I think it was after the uh, two, two games ago, he was saying how with James Harden, every time they're rebounding, they're just sprinting down the court too. So their pick, uh, points have picked up. It's helped Tyrese Maxey a ton. They're getting a lot of transition points. And because so much attention is on Harden and Embiid, mm-hmm. we now have Tybal like driving to the rim off cuts, and he's getting so many easy baskets now too. So normally just a pure steals and blocks guy, Tybal is now top 40 in his first three games with Harden wow. with 9.7 points, 4.7 rebounds. Two dimes, two steals, two blocks, and one triples. If he was only getting the steals and blocks at that number, he would be worth rostering. But now he's adding a little bit of points, some rebounds, and some dimes too. So James Harden has elevated everyone except Tobias Harris, who looks <laughs> like a complete potato now there with Harden. But yeah, I'm really excited about Tybal. Uh, let me check their schedule next week. I think they're three games. Yeah, they're three games uh, next week. But still, I'm still adding him for sure. Jonas, I'm, I'm here for one reason. Yes, right. Yep. I took your thunder. I'm sorry. Now you're like pulling up different web pages and looking for <laughs> schedules. You know, that's the only thing. That's the only thing I contribute here, Jonas. Steve's got his schedule grid tacked on the wall, the, the full print, the full written out schedule grid. And here you are, Jonas, with your internet browser. I actually, you know, we played a lot of trivia. So we, we, of course, my entire family has the periodic table tattooed on an arm. So we, we always have the periodic table there. And then every year, just for fun, I tattoo the schedule grid somewhere on my body different each year. And that way it's always with me, no matter where I go. The girl with the schedule tattoo, that's Doc. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that has always been scared to roster Matisse Stiebel. I don't think I've ever used him in a FanDuel lineup. I don't think I've ever had him on a roster. I don't think I've had him anywhere. And this whole Harden effect on people in Philadelphia is interesting because, you know, my boy Peeps was saying that Maxie's going to keep scoring and, and, and all that. And so far it's been fine. But let's keep in mind we're only three games into this, and I, I'm still not racing out to get Matisse Stiebel. I'm going to put him on my watch list for this three-game week, though, and if he plays well, uh, he may be joining 
a Dr. A squad for the, the week after that. I'm very intrigued. I don't even need, I don't even need, I'm just seeing if he's available. Mm, none of my favorite leagues he's available, but I'm just going to say, I mean, I don't even need 9.7 points per game from this guy. I mean, give me yeah. eight and I'm happy given his defensive stats. You know, it's, it's like before when he was like five points per game, you're just thinking, I can't do this. Just go out there and match Draymond scoring. Yeah. Anyways, so so notable there. And Thibault, a guy we're either adding or watching. Markel Fultz, meanwhile, is back. Hit double digits Nietzsche's first two games. The minutes are capped right now, but what's your outlook for him uh, moving forward, Jonas? And do you think he'll be able to ramp it up quickly enough to help our fantasy squads? Yeah, so he's out tonight, but he's going to play tomorrow. So we still have the back-to-back restrictions, but the next week it's looking pretty good for him. He doesn't have a hitch in his jumper anymore, but he has the highest release I've ever seen. Like, I, I, seriously, his release is, like, the highest thing I've ever seen. It's pretty crazy. Uh, it's actually working for him, too. Has anyone's jump shot changed more over the last four years than than uh, Markel Fultz's? Only Jared Culver for the worst. Oh, boy. Like, look at Jared Culver's shot at, tech, at Texas Tech and then look at it now. It is completely backwards. It's it's sad, honestly. Yeah. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, the most busted jump shot we've seen in, in the last decade. Sorry, carry on. That's an aside. But man, um, I lost my train of thought. Who are we talking about? <laughs> We're talking about Markel Fultz's high release. Oh yeah, so he's shooting extremely efficiently, hitting the pull-up mid-range shots. They look automatic now. Like like I said, highest release ever. He's getting whatever he wants. Minutes have been low, but it doesn't matter. His production has been incredible the first two games. For a guy that's missed 14 months, like I did not expect this. So yes, I'll be adding after tonight because he's sitting, obviously, but really excited about him. And because the Magic are already using two point guards almost exclusively, like that's huge for Mark Health as well. You know, Matt, it's been verified here that I cannot do two things at once. And someone sent in an incredibly, ridiculously long question, which I was in the middle of reading. And then I look up and Jonas is talking about some guy. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go again. I have no idea who he's talking about. But then he said he no longer has the glitch in his jump shot. I'm like, oh, it's Markel Fultz. I knew immediately who it was, Great. so that made me feel better. But Orlando, congratulations! Orlando plays four games um, this week, but can we trust Markel Fultz? Like Jonas, I think you're more excited about Markel Fultz than I am. I I know he's he's put up good numbers. I, I'm more worried about him ruining Cole Anthony than I am um, having a lot of standalone value himself. It's going to be Cole Anthony that ruins Cole Anthony. He hasn't hit a shot in like three months. <laughs> All right. We have more names to hit. First, we're going to take a quick break. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. 
You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. For all of you NBA fans out there, do not miss a very special edition of Bet the Edge game time this Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern leading into Bulls against the 76ers. Matt Bernier, Drew Dinsick, and other members of our NBC Sports Edge crew will be live NBC Sports Chicago and Philadelphia's Plus Channel breaking down player props, game lines, and futures in the in the association leading up to tip off. And if you don't have access to NBC Sports Chicago and Philly, no sweat, the show is planning to be live on their respective YouTube channels. Okay, back to the waiver wire name, Steve. You have a big grin on your face. What's up, dude? I had to read that thing yesterday, and there's a word missing about it's supposed to be on live NBC Sports on Philly or NBC whatever. NBC Sports Chicago. And there's a word missing. It doesn't flow. Like it, I struggled. I struggled through that. It's amazing how good we are at our jobs that one word missing and our brains totally short circuit. But that's what happened. Well, and I should have given someone a heads up that 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 typo was there because I, I wasn't really thinking it was going to be used again today and I'd have to experience that again. But man, was it funny for me to watch you read that. <laughs> you, thank you, Steve. Thank you. I owe you one for that. Live on NBC Sports Chicago and Philadelphia's Plus Channel. Live on. Don't look now, but Lonnie Walker is on a quite a heater for the Spurs. There are, though, some serious limitations to what he's doing, Jonas. Yeah, so last six games for Lonnie Walker, he is at 21.7 points, three rebounds, 1.7 dimes, 2.6 triples. I think he's had one steal in that stretch, I think, yeah. maybe one or two, and then zero blocks. Um, it's interesting, too, because um, Keldon Johnson and Jonte Murray apparently pulled him aside recently, like, hey, like, get out of your head, play aggressive, because... Lonnie has always had some tools, uh, but he, his confidence has just been nothing, right? So he's finally a little bit more confident. I think Popovich might be a little bit to blame for that because if you remember like two years ago, like every time Lonnie made a mistake, Popovich would like stalk him back to the bench and just like yell at him. So I think that's really funny. And Pop has always been hard on him uh, post-game as well. Even recently after his big stretch, Pop's like, yeah, he's been okay. He's been okay. <laughs> after scoring 31 points, like, yeah, he's been okay. <laughs> so Pop's not his biggest fan, but uh, they got kind of like a love-hate thing going on there. But yeah. I love Lonnie recently, but I don't love the lack of steals and blocks. And he's yeah. not going to shoot 99% from the field forever. So a little hesitant, but he is embracing that six-man role. And there is a little bit more upside there with no Derek White. I wrote his blurb last night. I wrote about him in Daily Dose. And I was like, look, the Spurs play four games a week for the next two weeks. This guy's on fire. He scored 20-something points in like five out of his last seven games. Maybe five out of eight, something like that. He's going to score some points. He's going to get you some threes. He's a decent rebounder for, for who he is. That's it. That's what you get from him. Uh, if you, you know, he's probably a better points league guy than a, than a categories league guy. He clearly is. But, man, he's on a scoring bender right now. His career high is 31. He had 30 points last night. So it's uh, pretty fun. I actually may tune in to watch a little Lonnie Walker play this weekend, which – as you know, Matt, I never watched the Spurs. A sentence that's never been said before. Congrats, Doc. That's awesome. Going to tune in to watch Lonnie Walker. Meanwhile, make that five good games in a row for Brian Rosenworcel's favorite big man, Isaiah Hartenstein. Hartenstein? Steen? Have we ever closed the book on that? I don't know. No, we're not pronouncing anything right today, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, Jones, what have you been seeing from this guy lately? Tell us about his production, because it's it's caught my attention. That's for sure. Dude, 
I've loved this guy all year. I feel like he's been, and I will say this, Zubak has had a good year, but I feel like Hardenstein has been their best center this season. I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. I mean, he's way better than Serge Ibaka, right? Serge Ibaka was garbage there. But anyway, Hardenstein, last five games, really impressive, super efficient, can get you assists, uh, blocks, low-end steals, uh, occasional an occasional three as well. Trending towards almost a timeshare. Zubak's still getting the bulk of the minutes there, but sometimes Hardenstein like feast in garbage time as well, so that helps. But yeah, I love this guy. Widely available. I've added him in a bunch of spots, and I'm happy with what I've gotten so far. I think it's hard. Is it hard? Stein, I think. Stein, hard and Steve. Hard and Steve. I've always said it one way. I've always said it one way. And something happened today. There's something, this glitch that's happened in all of our brains where today I had a malfunction and said it differently. So carry on. It's like Ron Burgundy. The J is silent. It's the week 21 blues, I guess. Anyway, Hart and Stein plays four times next week. Then the Clippers have a problem. They go three, then they go two. And that two-game week is a championship week for a lot of us. So just be careful. Just make sure you look at the schedule if you're thinking about picking him up. And by the way, shout out to Avita Zubats. <laughs> Good. What is happening? Avita Zubat balling out, man. I didn't know he had this in him. Like his last two or three games have just been monsters. I, I was not really sure he could do that. Well, and as for Hardenstein, I mean, yeah, the schedule is worth noting, but I also think with a guy with this kind of blocks upside, you do make an, ex- an exception, and I'll, and I'll want that guy in a three-game. Well, guy's getting two blocks per game lately. I still want that guy in mm-hmm. a three-game week. For sure, absolutely. Uh, 12th rounder in 21 minutes last five games. So Steve's just shaking his head. And 13% rostered in Yahoo. So widely available. KJ Martin is on our radar, I think, Jonas, and on your list, because I think we're monitoring this ankle injury to Jay Sean Tate, right? Yeah, and the thing about Martin, too, is he can play multiple positions. Uh, if you look at his basketball reference page, he's played the three, four, and five for his career, too. So uh, you love that wide path to minutes, and he's coming off that monster game against Utah of all teams. So 20 mm-hmm. points, four triples, seven rebounds, two assists, a steal, and a block. And even before that, he was getting minutes in the low to mid-20s, and he was putting up close to mid-run value in that stretch, too. The weird thing about KJ Martin this year is, is that the steals and blocks have completely dried up compared to last year. So that's kind of odd to me because he could jump out of the gym. Um, so I'm not sure where the steals and blocks have been for him lately. That's kind of like the only thing holding me back here. I think he had a steal and a block in that good game, that 20-point game, though, right? He did, so, yes. Yeah. Starting point. Steve? I'm just going to throw this up there to get it out of the way. Sniper4113 said, is K.J. Martin a good pickup? Jonas just answered that question for him. I like K.J. Martin. Like, Jay Sean Tate's injury is a key there, yeah. I think. Jay Sean... Jay Sean needs to to stay down if KJ Martin is going to be guaranteed success. I'm you know, we've talked about KJ Martin all year. Like the upside is there, the intrigue is there. Um, he's been very serviceable lately. So I mean, I like a lot of things about him. They play four times next week, then they go three, four, four. That's a good schedule. They're in the middle of a four game week right now in Houston. So there's a lot to like about KJ Martin right now. And Tate is on the injury report for tonight. We just got a comment that hit the screen. So that's good news. He's off the injury report? Apparently, yeah. Outstanding. All right. Uh, Gary Payton II had a dud on Thursday for the Warriors, who are really struggling, by the way. But are you still interested in him, Jonas, after that 6.3 rebound game, I think, in 21 minutes? 
I am um, because I'm just going off Kurt's comments here. Like the Warriors are really struggling like the last 10 games or so. And he keeps citing defense and bench production. So um, sounds like Moses Moody is going to get more minutes going forward. So that's somewhat interesting in a very, very deep league. But yeah, Gary Payton is very interesting because of his steal rate alone, right? Like we are talking about the best steal rate in the NBA and it's not necessarily close. Like there's Gary Payton up here. And then the next year there's like guys like Melton, the Caruso's of the world, Dante DiVincenzo, those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Gary Payton is in another tier right now. Um, had that six deal game back on February 16th, then followed that up with two and three. And then we had a couple duds the next two games, but still getting minutes in the low 20s. Not necessarily must roster, but if you're in a deep league and you're trying to win a, a category like steals, Gary Payton is probably your guy. Yeah, they play four times next week. Golden State does. Gary Payton, I, I'd like to see him locked in the starting lineup uh, every night to, before I pick him up. You know, Clay comes in and out. Moody comes in and out. So I, I don't I, – I feel like he's going to be pretty – I feel like he's got a, a lot of inconsistencies that are going to be coming our way, but I would roll the dice on GP on a four game week. And that's, that's what they have next week. So Peyton's worth a look, man. I just, I just wish he was a little more consistent. Yeah. I didn't get to see the game last night between Luca and, and the Warriors. Did Peyton guard Luca by chance? Cause if so, he's probably going to sit the next <laughs> two weeks. Kind of look at like 41 points. Yeah. I didn't see, I didn't see who guarded him. I'm, I'm, I did not get to see that game. The Jonas, you have just an injury injury fill-ins category here with Malachi Flynn and Daniil Gallinari. Do you want to quickly set up those guys? Fred Van Vliet, obviously dealing with the knee. John Collins, the foot. Flynn is what he is. Like he's been super productive in three straight games. But it sounds like uh, Fred Van Vliet should be back this week. I would assume next game, right? He's been questionable twice. I think he's come back next game. I don't want to waste too much time at Flynn because the second Flynn, uh, sorry, the second FVV is back. Flynn's going to play like nine minutes. So, right. um, who else should say Gallinari? Had a dud a couple games ago, then bounced back. But it sounds like Colin is getting closer as well. He got recently upgraded to a doubtful. I'd rather move on to, let's see. We got to mention Gabe Vincent as well. Yep. I mean, Lowry has missed three games for personal reasons. We have no idea what's going on there. Hopefully everything's okay. I can't get a read on the situation. Even the beat reporters there in Miami, I don't even think they've asked him about it. He missed eight games or something like that previously with personal reasons. So I think if you have... Lowry on your roster. Steve has been talking about dropping Lowry even before this. Steve, for some reason, just wanted to drop Lowry. But I mean, I think you got to pick up. You got to pick up Vincent. This is why I wanted to drop Lowry. I don't like. Like we have no idea what's happening. Like nobody will tell us anything. Hopefully, he's not going through some personal crisis. I mean, I, I hope everything's okay. But at this point, you know, my fantasy playoff game is next week, and I've got Lowry on three different teams. And I, I'm not going into next week dealing with that. The only reason he's still on my teams is because Miami plays four times next week, and maybe Lowry will reappear this weekend, and I'll feel safe to throw him out there. But, um, man, I don't know. This is why I was I wanted to drop him. Gabe Vincent has been awesome as a fill-in starter. I will say that. Gabe Vincent has been awesome as a fill-in starter. It's also hilarious to me that Jimmy Butler arrested after going like 2 of 14 from the field for the Bucks. So let's pray for uh, Jimmy Butler's left big toe irritation. What an odd injury, man. Like, they're obviously arresting him. Like, come on, dude. That's so weird. But anyway, someone just commented that FEV is out one more night. So one more Malachi Flynn stream at least. Uh, Okay. And I'm just checking to see. Is that on our site? Hmm. It just broke like 10 minutes ago. Okay. Well, double check NBC Sports Edge Player News page on that. But... 
Jackson Hayes still 38% rostered. I mean, we've been talking about him a lot. I think he's gone in a lot of competitive leagues, so I don't think we need to spend a long time there. Bruce Brown, though, is a name pretty far down in this episode who has been playing quite well lately, Jonas. Do you have his numbers in front of you? Uh, yeah, so last six games for Bruce Brown, pulling it up here. Let's see. I know it. Like I was shocked when I saw the number. I got his last six now. So 14 points, six rebounds, three assists, 1.2 steals, 1.5 triples. I mean, there's a reason people were shocked when he was a DNP CD the first game of the season. Like, how is Bruce Brown not in the rotation after what he did in the playoffs last year? It's been a weird situation with him all year. Now we have Joe Harris out for the season. A lot of the fringe guys are slowing down a little bit. Goran Dragic is still Goran Dragic, so hitting 39% so far. So I still think there's plenty of room for Bruce Brown, especially when you consider, I think he's played all five positions according to basketball reference. They even used him as a, a cutting center like last year too. Yeah, so the role Bruce guy. Brown has a ton of eligibility, but yeah, the only thing that's holding me back here as well is the Kyrie situation. New York just lifted their mandate. Now people are just waiting for the arena. I think it's Barclays arena for them to do the same. It sounds like that's going to be any day now. Uh, I have no uh, clarity as to when that would be, but it should be any day now too. So as soon as Kyrie gets full clearance, it's going to be a little tricky for Bruce Brown to put up these numbers, but I still think he could be in that late round conversation with, if he keeps getting these full workloads. Yeah. Bruce Brown is, I mean, he, he's one of those guys that can quietly fill up a stat sheet every single night. He generally does it, doesn't score enough normally to, to gain uh, much attention in, in a lot of circles, but I mean, he's one of those guys I look at all the time, like, oh, man, I want to pick up Bruce Brown. And it, it just seems like, you know, I, as Matt and Jonas know, my teams are too good to have Bruce Brown on them, clearly. But when they're not, when they are struggling, like Bruce Brown's guy I look at because I, I I like him. They're in the middle of a four-game week right now, but they go 3-3-4-3 three, three, three throughout the playoffs. So that's going to make that's gonna make it a little tricky to to live with Brown through that. But he, he's he's playing great. So, yeah, Durant was back on Thursday. Brown still had 21 points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, a block, and three three-pointers in 32 minutes. The Kyrie factor could complicate that, like you said, Jonas. I think that's the last thing that, that could mess up Bruce Brown at this point, but definitely worth a look considering how widely available he is. The last name, and then this is just another injury fill-in, uh, Malik Beasley may be worth considering. We know Anthony Edwards is already out for Friday, I think. Beasley had 20 points and six three-pointers in their last game. He played 28 minutes. That was his most in about a month. So I think as like a, a one or hopefully only one game flyer, we don't know how long Edwards is going to be out. I think Beasley is worth considering. Yeah, you hit it on the head there. The key with Malik Beasley is always to field goal percentage. Like he can either shoot you in or shoot you out of a matchup too. So that's one thing. Uh, one more other player I think is kind of sneaky, and it's it's just hilarious to me. Drew Eubanks for Portland. They they're coming up a two-game week, so no one picked him up, which is understandable, right? You don't want you don't want to pick up Drew Eubanks for two games. But last two games, he's at 13 points, nine rebounds, one assist, 0.5 steals. Dame Lillard wanted help. He said, Go get me Drew Eubanks. The front office listened. They brought him in. They're excited. The Blazers fans are fired up. Um, this is his team now. So I'm uh, really excited about Numskin. But deep leaguers. I would probably add Eubanks now because they have no front court depth, right? Nurkic isn't coming back this season. They sat him down for plantar fasciitis, which I don't even think he has. I think they want him to tank a little bit here. Uh, but go ahead, Doc. One of the great questions that got erased was this guy said, help me, I want to cut Andre Drummond for Drew Eubanks. <laughs> Someone talk me off the ledge. And Drummond has been really quiet um, yeah. lately. And Eubanks is coming on a little bit. Would, 
Would either of you consider that move? I don't think I would. But yeah, Eubanks is training up, man. And like I said, path of minutes is massive. Uh, yes, Drummond's been bad, though. I will say that Drummond is absolutely horrible. It's it's a bummer to me because they have Nick Claxton there, who obviously has had a disappointing season, but I just wish they'd give Nick Claxton like 30 minutes instead. But here we are with Drummond. I think I'm trying to wait out Drummond a little longer. He was dealing with some knee soreness, missed a game there, so that could account for the low minutes recently and hope that he just trends back up in the next game or two before you have to make a decision. But I think, isn't Drew Eubanks on, ten, on a 10-day deal right now? I mean, you're not exactly getting a sure thing at the moment by, I just don't think I'd quite do that. I mean, if you're feeling bold, if you're feeling bold, yeah, sure, go for it. I mean, it's your fantasy team. I just don't think I would do that with mine. Next two games are against the uh, Timberwolves too, so that helps him a lot. So Carl Anthony Towns isn't exactly a defensive dynamo. <laughs> Steve, any you have a couple other questions lined up for us here before we go? Well, there's one one guy lamenting on here about the fact that Fred Van Vliet has missed four out of five games this week. Um, he's out Friday. I did see that. That is that is for sure. This is Edo Teriyaki. And I just was I just throwing this up there because I know every year there's one guy that has a five game week coming up, and you're like, This this is the week where my team explodes. And if you had Fred Van Vliet this week, you're just like I, like this is going to stick with you for a while. Yeah, like it's going to leave a mark. It's going to leave scars. And if you picked up Precious Achua and played him, you're you're pretty happy with uh, with what went down. So I asked the one question, which I thought was pretty fun. We did cage real quick on Fred Van Vliet. He said after the All Star break that he was hoping his knee was going to be 100 coming out of the break, and he said it was nowhere close too. So uh, a little bit of worry in there. We were, and by the way, we did say at the start of the show, at the start of this week, I mean, that we were worried about Van Vliet. So unfortunately, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I thought he would miss some time, and it's been a little worse than we thought. Even go ahead. Filthy and faded wants to know: Should I drop OG and an OB? Well, here's the thing: If your fantasy playoffs are starting this week, you could say yes. If your fantasy playoffs are starting next week, I would say no because uh, they said yesterday that they're going to rest him for two weeks, and then they're going to let him play through that fracture. Uh, that explains the terrible shooting prior. Um, so we're hoping he's a little bit more comfortable when he comes back and he can be that top 35 guy that we know he can. So I think this completely depends on your situation. If your fantasy playoffs are starting next week or the week after, I hope not anyway, um, you hold them. If they're starting this week and you're in a very tough matchup, I would probably drop them. That's two weeks of zero production. Man, it's good for the Raptors, by the way, that they got hot when they did because they don't have Van Vliet right now. They don't have Ananobi. I mean, they're pretty solidly in the playing tournament right now but this is a team that could be losing some games in the near future quite a few uh any others steve yep i got one more i didn't know if okay. you wanted it or not yeah let's do one more and then let's go okay repost repost this is one of the reposts this is a one of the beautifully written questions from before Matt, I'm going to let you read it. You read things. You Generally, you read things so much better than I do. Other than that promo today. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Dav2099, repost. Do you see Westbrook getting fantasy, in quotes, better this year, or drop for Poku, Jackson Hayes, Herb Jones, or Vassell? Westbrook gets few threes, bad percentages, and lower than normal assists, rebounds, steals, points. Jonas, who you want to take this one first? I'll start. If you drafted Westbrook and you weren't immediately planning to punt two or three categories, then that's kind of on you, right? Like we knew from the start that he was going to be detrimental to all three of those categories, turnovers, percentages, right? So 
assuming you are punting, you hold Westbrook. If you are not punting, it's probably too late at this point in the season to switch gears, right? So I think you need to just stick with what you got, honestly, even though I like all these guys more in a vacuum. Steve? The fact he plays four games in each of the next two weeks, it's kind of a tough it's a tough time to drop Westbrook. I think if if he went like three games next week and two games the week after that, and you could pick up somebody who goes four four, one of those guys you're talking about, then I would do it. I like even for my boy Poku, I don't think I could drop Westbrook with eight games coming up to to pick up Poku. Yeah, and keep in mind we're assuming you're punning, right? Because you have to with Westbrook. That's the only way you can optimize him. I mean, look, if, if you told me. If I knew what I was getting, you know, the last two weeks, his numbers, just taking his last two weeks, for example, 16 points, six rebounds, three assists, a steal, bad percentages on pretty high volume, no three-pointers. If you tell me that's what I'm getting, I mean, I'm okay with it. You can cut him. He's been at two hundred in the 250 range in nine-category leagues the last couple weeks. You just don't know where you're going to get, though. Yeah, he makes Kevin Porter Jr. look efficient. The ceiling is higher than that. You know, obviously, for the season, he's 18 points nearly eight rebounds, seven dimes. So are, are you are you cutting that or are you cutting the numbers you've seen in the last two weeks? We don't really know. It's a risky move. I mean, it, you might feel great about it, but it's a gamble and someone else is going to pick him up and who is going to pick him up in your league and are you prepared for that person to potentially get, you know, catch a hot streak from Westbrook? Was nope, that too long of an answer? I don't know. <laughs> okay, great. I think we did it, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in with us today. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We'll be back on Monday with some takeaways from the weekend, some updated waiver wire pickups, and more. In the meantime, check out Jonas's waiver wire column on NBC Sports Edge. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live with us. Steve, Jonas, thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Steve. All right, you too. Jonas, get on that purdle thing, all right? Yes, sir. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.